Welcome to Capital Edge Church. We have a fantastic message for you that we hope challenges, inspires, and moves your heart for Christ. Let's get into it. Um, so the title of my message is The Holy Spirit, The Agent of Restoration. Um, so I'm going to look at a couple of um, uh, points about the agent of restoration, the Holy Spirit, and then we're going to challenge each other in, uh, in pu- pushing further into having the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, but before we do that, I'm just going to re- let's just remember what the Holy Spirit is. We've been talking about him a lot. And um, so he's definitely not an it or a force or a cosmic mind, not a cloud or a mist, not a feeling or sensation. We'll come to that. The Holy Spirit is our counsellor and comforter, our guide and our teacher, our helper and enabler, our convictor and communicator our drawer to God, our next level problem solver. I mean, everyone in this, word, in this room today can testify when you've been hitting your head against a, a brick wall for many times and you lay your hands on something and all of a sudden it comes to you. That's the Holy Spirit. He's our sanctifier. He frees us from things in our lives that are contrary to God's nature and that diminish our capacity to use our gifts for the kingdom. He is the one who releases what God has created in us. He is a reviver of our spirit. He is a divine guest who wants to take up residence in the deepest parts of your soul. And sometimes uh, we want the power and comfort, but can I also stay in Mark Boots? And next week's really busy, so schedule's tight. <laughs> and so, um, so how do we make room for this agent of restoration? Um, and when I mean, what I mean by the agents of, uh, agent of restoration, so the, um, we know from Joel um, it was prophesied that um, the, Holy Spirit would pour, the Holy Spirit would be poured out amongst us. And then in Acts, um, uh, at, on the day of Pentecost, we've, we've covered that, um, that, that the Holy Spirit was poured out. Um, and this idea of the agent of restoration is that when we see in Scripture that something is restored, what happens is, is that it's restored beyond uh, its original state. Yeah. So it's yeah. multiplied, it's increased, it's yeah. improved, yeah. and it's significantly better than its original state. Yeah. And what we're kind of desiring as Christians is for our walk with the Lord, but also the Holy Spirit, to be significantly better, to be restored to what it was before... Um, before Adam and Eve and all the rest of us um, decided to walk around path and try and make up uh, our, our lives in our own strengths with our limited resources. So restoration for each of us means the replacing of spiritual death with spiritual life. And Ezekiel uh, 36, 20, 26 in the Amplified says, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. This is not the Old Testament. Back then, he was around them, but he wasn't in them. And he said here, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my ordinances and do them. And in Ephesians 3.19, it says, and that you may come, this is awesome, and that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. We can have knowledge without experience. We want the experience of the richness of his presence. It says that you may be filled up throughout your being to the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your life. 
completely filled and flooded with God himself. And in, these, in this day and age that we live in, who, who, who wants a little bit more of the richest experience of God's presence in your life? Not only for us, but so that we can uh, fulfill the calling for others on this planet that he, he needs us to fulfill. So the good news is that when something is restored, it's multiplied. And that's what our appetite and hunger needs to be for the Holy Spirit in our lives. So who else wants their life and soul to be restored beyond what you've experienced before? So I'm going to look at three points about the agent of restoration. And then I'm going to ask you some questions about your walk with the Holy Spirit. The first point, when he made us, he made us spirit receptive. Um, We were created with a spirit, which means that we were created by God to be open to his spirit. And in the Psalms, uh, in Psalm 84, the psalmist even says his flesh cried out for the living God. The spiritual element in us is so utterly part of our nature that we cannot ignore it. And even if you look in the secular world, it's so, it's so funny to me, you know, the big organisations and so on, they'll do all this well-being and stuff and well-being is so important to, to people these days. Um, and they know that there's, you know, they have all the five factors of well-being and one of them will be spiritual. And even the secular world knows that we've got a spiritual part of who we are. Um, but we've got the answer to that spiritual yearning that the world doesn't have. Dr. Miles Munro describes the inter-realm connection between heaven and earth, the inter-realm connection. And what he means is a direct connection between our sovereign God and us as individual citizens of earth through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, a person, is extending himself to us in direct person-to-person communication, bringing heaven to earth in our circumstances. In Romans 1.20 in the Amplified, it says, For ever since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through his workmanship and all his creation and the wonderful things he has made. So it's saying the unseen stuff, when you look at the seen stuff, you can see the, the God and his creation uh, established on earth. And in 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And so this relationship between the unseen kingdom and the physical world that we live in underscores the infinite value of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who makes the connection between these two realms possible. Who else wants a little bit of more of heaven brought to earth in your circumstances in every single in every single day? So the first point is that we're spirit receptive, and He made us and created us that way. The second point is that the Holy Spirit was Jesus's ultimate reason for coming to earth. So Jesus told his disciples uh, that it was to their advantage for Him to leave and go to the Father in heaven, and that's in um, John sixteen seven. Because the Holy Spirit would be sent to live in and each, in and with and and in within each of us. So this is really interesting, and this is something that I've been kind of unpacking for myself. But the promise of the Father was not just Jesus's sufferings, his death on Calvary, or even his resurrection. And we emphasise these parts of Jesus's ministry, but the ultimate reason he endured can sometimes be forgotten. Sometimes we overemphasize what Jesus did rather than being receptive and open to why he did it. 
And he did it to bring the Holy Spirit to be part of our lives right in every, in every moment. The Father's promise to humanity did not just involve leaving this earth to go to heaven. He did it so that we could have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us right now. Jesus' sufferings, death and resurrection were to restore the Holy Spirit to humanity. And um, when we talk about the Father's promise, the Father's promise was the Holy Spirit um, in us and with us. So we've got to understand that the Holy Spirit is the source of kingdom power in our lives. And as I mentioned, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit could not live in humans, but he, he dwelt among them. He was among them. But in the New Testament, he was saying... The, the spirit of truth lives with you and will be in you. And that's the, the blessing and the, uh, the life that we have available to us. So the Father's promise of the Holy Spirit reintroduced us to the original purpose of humanity on earth. The original purpose of humanity was to carry the fullness of God uh, on this earth. So, um, so that's the second point, is that... Um, uh, not only is it about his death and resurrection, it's, it's, it's what he made available to us when he went back to the Father, which was to have access within us, living in us, dwelling in us, inside us, the Holy Spirit that wasn't there in the Old Testament. The, the third one, the Holy Spirit enables you to be more of who God calls you to be. Yeah. This is amazing to me. This is just amazing. So the world will put up barriers and diversions and distractions and attempt to stifle you and pull you away from who God has called you to be. And what's interesting is that our true nature um, can never come to fullness apart from his presence. Our personality and our gifts, our spiritual gifts, are fully enabled and expressed when we allow the Holy Spirit to live inside us. He does not cancel out who we are. He enables you to be who you were called to be to the fullest extent. And you know, you know what that's like? You know, when as you're kind of progressing in God and things are being stripped away, you know, you've you've been made as a unique individual that has a God-given calling that no one else can can fulfil. And what he's trying to do, when you spend more time with the Holy Spirit... He's giving you the boldness and the courage and the backing of heaven to do what you've been called to do. And when you're not tapping into that, you can be pulled aside, you can lose confidence, you can be wavering, but the Holy Spirit is the one that enables us to be who God called us to be. And that's what I want to be calling on more and more, to to, to live the life that God has called me to to live on this earth. So in Philippians 2.13 in the Amplified, it says... For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. That is, strengthening, energising and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfil your purpose on earth. So the more you press into the Holy Spirit, you know, I don't know how else to say this more gently, but it's not about us. It is about us, but he wants to use us for his purpose and for his glory. And the more that we draw near to the Holy Spirit, the more our passion and our desire and longing to be what he called us to be will become clearer. So when you allow the Holy Spirit to come in and live within you, he helps to bring fully to life the purpose and the assignment for which you were born. 
So if you've got any confusion about where you're headed, what you're focusing on, what you're called to, what your strengths are, go to the Holy Spirit. He wants to make that clear and give you clarity and boldness to to fulfil it. So to fulfil your purpose in this life, we need empowering from the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit transcends human ability and transforms human inability. The Spirit empowers us beyond what we can do on our own and he takes our existing gifts, abilities and talents and he uses them to advance God's glory. So the process of fully, entirely becoming and living out who God calls you to be is a work of the Holy Spirit. Um, So that's the third point. The Holy Spirit enables you to be more of who God calls you to be and to be fully, to the fullest extent, who God calls you to be. Immersed in divine influence at the same time. So three questions to increase and multiply how you um, allow or enable the Holy Spirit into your world. The first one is, are you open to the Holy Spirit? Second one is, are you hosting the Holy Spirit? And the third question is, are you partnering with the Holy Spirit? So first one, are you open? And what's really amazing about Jesus in his time on earth was that he was human. And because he was human, he needed the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And it says in the word that Jesus could only do his ministry on earth because of the power of the Holy Spirit. If that's the case for Jesus when he was on earth, how much more do we definitely need a bit more of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Yeah. <laughs> when, um, so Wheaton College professor Gerald Hawthorne says, the Holy Spirit was the divine power by which Jesus overcame his human limitations, such as being limited in knowledge, bound by physical space and human strength. He rose above human weakness and won out over his human mortality. Unlocking the doors so the spirit can come in begins with Jesus because he was the perfectly wide open human, wide open to the Holy Spirit, the perfect example of the human that was open to the Holy Spirit. And the question is, are are you open? The sticking point when it comes to the Holy Spirit is that many of us are not fully open to the invasive by invasive I mean possibly inconvenient, (laughs) transforming presence um, of of the Holy Spirit. And and why is this? Frankly, some of us would rather stay where we are. I don't want any transcending power, thanks, but no thanks. Some of us are a little shut. Some of us are pretty much not open at all. And some of us want more of it, but we get in our own way. Some of us turn away from the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives to preserve our sense of normal. Some of us are, are not open because we can't feel him. Must not be here, can't feel him. Emotions are wonderful, trust me, I love emotions. But they're not reliable indicators of God's presence. And I'll give you a bit of um, personal disclosure. So um, thinking about this message, I was quite frustrated for about four weeks because I'm like, well, you want me to speak on the Holy, Holy Spirit and I can't feel you. And what's really interesting, God and the Holy Spirit challenged me on that. And, you know, sometimes it's really important to just... I, I challenge you in this room today, think back over the last three weeks. If you have, have a little bit of hindsight over the last three weeks and see what has happened in your life and whether or not 
it's due to you or the Holy Spirit. I'll give you some examples. So about, um, about two weeks ago, um, not by my own power, trust me, um, I, I led a meeting with um, a former Prime Minister of Australia. I don't, I don't say that to gloat. I say that because that wasn't me. Who in the world could have orchestrated a meeting between me and a former PM that I got to lead? You know, and who gave me the boldness to, to say what I needed to say? Who gave me the confidence and the opportunity to be in that situation? The Holy Spirit is intervening in your world and you might, might not be picking up on it. He opens doors, he unlocks opportunities and he's around and we need to be more conscious of the fact that he's working in our lives whether we consider it happening or not. Another example is um, when he gives you wisdom or a little bit, I've been reflecting on those three weeks, three or four weeks, and, you know, his, um, when he shows you that your attitude's wrong and he's not doing that to punish you, he's doing that because he wants, he, wants, he wants you to have more of him in, his, in your life, to be more and more like the character of God. And he'll call those things out. It's, it's like um, he's doing it for your benefit. Um, and it can be confirmed when you talk to others. I had a, a challenging situation and I needed some wisdom and I, had, I felt like the Lord was telling me to pray for this person, you know, the pray for your enemies bit, that one. Um, and um, anyway, so I talked to somebody who I trust who's an awesome Christian and they said that is exactly what you need to be doing. And it was really encouraging to me because I'm like, that's what I need to be doing. But it was confirmed by someone. Holy Spirit can confirm things um, in your discussions with other people. And I think about connect groups, you know. We, we talk a lot about connect groups. We're not just saying, for, saying it for the fun of it. When you get around the Word and the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit is the one that enables us to decipher what's going on in here. It's not because of our own strength. It's because the Holy Spirit is working in us to understand His Word and His nature. So when you get around the word in connect group, snippets of gold that God drops into your heart can kind of grow seed. Gold doesn't grow seed. Seeds grow seed. Seeds grow plants. Sorry. Bad analogy. But, you know, those things that can happen, you know, people that have been in good connect groups, I, I tell you, church is amazing and God works in church. God works when you're in, in individual communion with him and he also works in small groups when you're digging around in the word. Um, and so I encourage you to think back, you know, if you can't see God and you feel, don't feel like he's here. I had, a, I had a mentor say to me, I told him, I said, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit and I haven't felt him for three weeks. And he said, that's more about you than it is about God. <laughs> and I was like, oh, ouch, that hurt. Um, and so think back in hindsight, you will see God working. You don't even have to go three weeks. You can go back from the beginning of your world. Like I, I know there's people in this, this room, they, they can testify the things that have happened in your life because God and the Holy Spirit was there and was working. So, um, so why are we not open? Some of us just want to stay average. We don't want to jump too high, sing too loud or prophesy too often. And the world kind of, you know, puts that kind of, expectation on us too. Don't be too out there. Um, but the thing is, we are not relevant when we mirror the culture of the world. Yeah. Yeah. We are relevant when we become what the world longs for. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And that's why we're here and, and the Holy Spirit is trying to bring our calling um, to the forefront of our minds and lives. So Jesus was the spirit-filled human among humans. Was he different from us? No, definitely not in his need for dependence on the Holy Spirit. The difference was that he was always wide open and we're not. 
So the challenge for us today is how can you be more open to the Holy Spirit in your life? That's question number one. Question number two is are you hosting the Holy Spirit? The greatest treasure we have in life is the presence of the Holy Spirit resting on us. Learning to host the Holy Spirit is at the centre of our assignment and the biggest challenge of the Christian, Christian life. But the, the idea of hosting the Holy Spirit may sound strange. He owns everything. He doesn't need our permission to go about and do this or that or um, be, be, be where he is. He's God. But he made earth for humanity and he put it under our charge. And I kind of think about it as the, the tenant and the landlord. You know, if, if I'm uh, a landlord and, and you're a tenant, Annika, and... Um, and um, I don't just come in and make bacon and eggs for myself in, you know, in your house. Um, I might own it, but I, I need permission. And there might be some landlords that don't act like that, but God's not like that. He wants permission. He wants to be hosted. Um, and that's how I think about hosting the Holy Spirit. And there's a couple of examples in the Bible that I want to talk about. There's no greater privilege than being a host to God himself. Neither is there more of a greater responsibility Yet few are aware of our assignment and our requirement to host him and host him well. And fewer yet have said yes. We want to say yes today to hosting the Holy Spirit in our lives. So two examples. Gideon, which is just, this is just a hilarious story to me. I love how God has a sense of humour. But Gideon, the fearful warrior, God found hiding in a winepress. I can't go into all of it. I don't have time. But he chose Gideon to deliver Israel from their oppressor. Basically, Gideon was afraid at the beginning. He was afraid in the middle. His army was reduced from 32,000 to 300. He was afraid then. And then he continues to be afraid. And then God says to him, okay, well, um, go to the enemy's camp to get encouraged. (laughs) But it's so funny when you read that because I think sometimes, you know, when like if I've ever got a training session, I've got somebody who's um, really not pleasant, you know the best thing? Go tackle it one-on-one. Go straight to the source of the, of the problem and, and get amongst it. And that's what he was saying here is he, he told him to go to the enemy's camp for encouragement. Anyway, as you can imagine, they beat the Midianites and they restored Israel to a place of strength. But there's this amazing um, picture that we get in Judges 6.34 where it says, So the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon and empowered him. Yeah. And the picture there is that Gideon hosted the presence of the, of the um, Holy Spirit so significantly that he was actually able to live through Gideon. And Gideon was able to do the impossible in that situation because he was clothed with the Holy Spirit. Have you got any situations in your life where they might seem impossible and you want to be clothed with the Holy Spirit to break through and to, 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 to do the impossible in those situations? So the first one is being clothed by the Holy Spirit. And the second one is the dove, and this is an amazing one. So at Jesus' water baptism, John gave the testimony that I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven and he remained upon him. And this is just such a powerful, for those who are more visual, it's such a powerful image of the Holy Spirit not only resting upon Jesus as a dove, but remaining, remaining with him as a dove. And Jesus became the ultimate example of the will of God on earth, not just because of the amazing achievements that he was able to accomplish, but through his relentless and consistent hosting of the dove, the Holy Spirit in his life. 
So this is so we're going up a hill now. So this on this bit. So the responsibility for the measure of God's presence that we carry lies with us. I'm going to say that again. The responsibility for the measure of God's presence that we carry lies with us. And it's easy to get so preoccupied with the demands of our lives that we miss the key that is right in front of us. And what we fail to realise is that all of the assignments in our lives are impossible except if they are the fruit of something else. And that is the fellowship that we have with God and the Holy Spirit. And King David understood this concept better than most. He referred to it in Psalm 27.4 as the one thing. The one thing. It says, One thing I have asked of the Lord, and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in his presence all of my days. All of my days. So life gets to reduce to this one thing, how we host the presence of God in our lives. The fulfilment of our dreams and our calling is actually the byproduct of hosting him well. Focus on hosting him well and all these things shall be added unto you. Jesus affirmed this, Matthew 6.33, but first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God and all these things will also be given to you. So are you hosting him well? Second question. And the third one, are you partnering with the Holy Spirit? This is the thing. We are enabled to partner with the kingdom of heaven um, and see the the power of heaven released here on earth. And a couple of ways um, that are, you know, not all of the ways, there's so many different ways, but this is is a couple of ways of partnering with the Holy Spirit. And the ultimate expression um, of our partnering with God is through prayer. Um, And it's interesting, we can spend a lot of our life praying to God when we could actually be praying with God, in partnership with God. And and Derek Prince um, said, if you have 10 minutes to pray, take eight minutes for worship. He said, it's amazing what you can pray for in two minutes. So don't just seek him when you need something. Prayer and intercession is important and it's a joy. But we want to position our hearts to seek the presence that is bigger than the answers you're seeking. You know, I I thought about this and I thought, it's like the cousin that only contacts you when they want something. Is that a real relationship? You know, seek the relationship, the presence that's bigger than the answers that you're seeking. So, you know, when you find yourselves in those dry seasons where you think, well, I can't feel him, so he must not be here. One surefire way is to turn your affection um, towards the Lord. The Holy Spirit is tender and always near. And he call, He's called God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. And what's interesting is when we turn our affection towards Him, He begins to show up. So you can do that, you know, and um, this is something that I've been, you know, you, 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 you learn it through the generations, but you can take a five-minute breather and sit down for five minutes and close your eyes and say, God... I'm going to sit here quietly and just be the object of your love. And, you know, the flow of his love towards us is like Niagara Falls, (laughs) except bigger. (laughs) And 
What's amazing is that it has the side benefit of driving out fear. (laughs) So turning my attention towards His love for me only increases my love for Him. So first one, second one is, first one is prayer, praying with God in partnership with God. Second one is turning your affection towards Him. And um, again, in Psalm 16, David goes on to this discovery of his presence. And in verse 8, it goes back to this thing about not just seeking the answers, but seeking the person. And it says in verse 8, I have continually set the Lord before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. And it's amazing, you know, that that song this morning that we're singing about um, the joy of the Lord. In verse 11 of that same um, verse, so Psalm 16, verse 11, it finishes with, In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. He wants to work in us. He wants to challenge us. He wants to take us up those hills and make us stronger. But He wants to give us joy and have a bit of fun along the way. So partnering with the Holy Spirit gives us new courage and confidence. When the Holy Spirit lives in you, heaven is your home country. And you have its authority and power. And it's good to remember there is nothing and no one in the world who has more power and resources than our God. Therefore, you do not need to be threatened by anyone on earth who tries to intimidate you or harm you. You can come to this new courage and boldness and confidence when you partner with the Holy Spirit. And in 1 John 4.4, it says, But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over these people because the Spirit lives in you. The Spirit that lives in you is greater than the Spirit that lives in this world. Amen. So just to finish up, the amazing Smith Smith Wigglesworth, he talks about illumination and he says, Christ can never be understood except by illumination. I find the Holy Spirit is that great illuminator who makes me understand all the depths of God. God has made us a dwelling place for his spirit, purposefully cultivating this hunger, the hunger that we have to know more. He gives us the the ability to be more open to the Spirit, to deepen our friendship with God and to deepen our awareness that we carry His presence in us for our sake and for the sake of the world. It's awesome. So three questions. Are you open to the Holy Spirit? Are you hosting the Holy Spirit? And are you partnering with the Holy Spirit? And... We just just challenge you to think about that for your own own situation. So we might we might pray. Let's just close our eyes, bow our heads. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Sometimes we're our own barrier, Lord, to knowing you more. And Lord, we want to tear down those barriers, Lord. We want to challenge ourselves to go deeper with you, Lord, to open, be more open to your Holy Spirit, to not put you aside and say we're too busy, Lord. But we know, Lord, that the things that you want us to accomplish on earth, Lord, it's only by your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we can do those things. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you... Over the next week, Lord, when we go back into our day-to-day lives, Lord, that, that 
we will be more attentive, attuned, Lord. We will make space. Lord, we will testify. We will talk to others about when you've showed up, when we've allowed you, Lord, when we've hosted you well. Lord Father, we give you space in our lives, Lord, to move, to shape us, Lord, to make us more like you and to help us to fulfil the purpose and calling that you have for our lives. Lord, it's by your grace, it's by your Holy Spirit. And we just thank you, Jesus, that you've given us this helper, this tangible helper in every moment, Lord, that we can be more open to, more attuned to in our lives. In Jesus' name, Lord, challenge us as we walk away to be more mindful of you, to turn our affection towards you, Lord, and to partner with you, Lord, in the day-to-day. For you, Lord, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit, for opening up opportunities, for closing doors and opening things that we could never imagine and do in our own strength, Lord. Lord, take our gifts, take our talents, Lord, refine them, enhance them, multiply them. Lord Father, we ask in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen.